1: Can the Chicago Bulls keep up their winning ways when they take on the Phoenix Suns tonight? We're going to preview a little bit of that game. We're also going to talk about teams around the league starting to inquire if the the Bulls will actually trade DeMar DeRozan and why it's time for Acme to really focus on the young players and whatever moves they do going forward. We're going to talk about all that and more right after this. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for all things Chicago Bulls, hosted by Hayes. What's going on Bulls fans? Welcome to another episode of Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related. I'm the host, Sarah Hayes, but more importantly, you guys can follow the channel at Bulls Central Pod on every social media platform we happen to be on. With that being said, let's go ahead and get into the content for today. So it seems like teams around the league, outside of, you know, the Zach Levine trade nonsense, which I'm sure we're going to get tons and tons of more details and, and things and released on and teams being in, teams being out. It seems like teams are now starting to ask and and wonder if the Chicago Bulls are actually going or open to trading DeMar DeRozan at this trade deadline because an extension has not been reached. Now, we talked about on yesterday's episode, uh, you know, the fact that the Bulls and DeMar DeRozan haven't been at the negotiating table to to even negotiate a new deal since November. And if you pair that with other rumors that we've heard over this part of the season is that the Bulls would be open to moving DeMar DeRozan, if a contract extension is not reached, but it seemed like the Bulls, up until this point at least, have been more focused on getting the Zach Levine trade done first. We even heard uh, late last weekend uh, if the, that the Bulls right now are kind of focused on the Zach Levine because what they get back in that deal could inform what they want to do with DeMar DeRozan. Maybe they become a little bit more willing to meet his contract demands depending on the package they get back for Zach Levine. Well, now, according to uh, to Matt Moore at the Action Network, he's saying that teams right now, while they still remain interested in Alice Caruso, but the Bulls are still telling teams, we are not moving Alice Caruso. DeMar DeRozan has become the next player that other teams around the league are asking the Chicago Bulls about. Now, this shouldn't be a surprise, right? DeMar DeRozan on the expiring contract – uh, we know that those for a lot of teams, especially teams that are nearing that second tax apron, that'd be welcoming. And, you know, teams may be hoping to bring in DeMar DeRozan and, and kind of sell them on the possibility of going for a championship and maybe even allow that, allowing them to sign uh, for less there. And maybe what he would even sign for the Chicago Bulls with. DeMar DeRozan on the season is averaging about basically 22 points per game, right uh, at five and a half assists uh, per game as well. And so, and he's shown an ability to fit in with what this team is doing. It still hasn't been a perfect fit, right? I don't think anybody would say that. Not a perfect fit by any stretch of the imagination. But he has adapted his game enough to fit into what the Bulls are trying to do this season and how they're trying to change the offense with getting out in transition more. And even though DeMar DeRozan isn't the best off-ball player or player in a transition, they're finding ways to incorporate him in that type of play style. And so, you know, leading into this trade deadline, which we are basically two and a half weeks until, right, Um, it's not surprising that teams may now be pivoting towards asking. I guess pivot isn't the right word because I doubt some of the teams that would have been interested in Zach Levine are also interested in DeMar DeRozan. But when you see some of the moves that have already been made prior to the trade deadline, Pascal Siakam moving, OG Ananobi moving, right, Uh, players like that is that it does, you know, a, a player like DeMar could become very attractive to teams out there trying to increase their chance of being able to make it out their conference or go further in the playoffs, and then they have an opportunity to have those bird rights to negotiate with DeMar DeRozan this offseason. So all that makes sense, right? I, I, it's not that I doubt that teams are making that call. The bigger question is what do the, how do the Bulls prioritize uh, You know, Zach, uh, DeMar DeRozan? What do, how do they view it? Do they want to risk going into free agency and possibly losing him for nothing? And the reason why I do think that there's a chance that the Bulls just see this out meaning that they hold on to DeMar DeRozan's bird rights. They go up into the deadline right before free agency opens and he hits the open market. Next season, still trying to maybe negotiate in the offseason. is because, listen, the Bulls are at a no harm, no foul. For DeMar DeRozan, you're not getting a whole heck of a lot back. That doesn't mean that you can't still maybe get a heavily protected first-round pick, much like we gave up to the San Antonio Spurs. But the, the thing in all this to keep in mind is that even if the Bulls do let DeMar DeRozan hit the open market, they still hold his bird rights, which means that a sign-in trade is a possibility as well. Hell, that's how we got DeMar DeRozan, is that he was on the open market and we're able to complete a sign and trade with the San Antonio Spurs because we didn't have the true cap space to, to sign him to a deal. So th- this could be a, a calculated risk by the Chicago Bulls front office. Now, I know and I understand Bulls fans are going to say, you really want to take that? go ahead and move them because you're not going to get as much back potentially. But if the market dictates that you're not getting a young player back, let's say teams are already giving you expiring contracts back. It really doesn't help the bulls that much. Now, again, a team that is, that is looking for DeMar DeRozan, their first round picks may not be that, that, that great either way. Right. Because they're trying to make that move. So the bulls could really sit in a place where it's just, Hey, we feel like even if we do let them go to the free agency, we feel confident we can we can possibly get a sign in trade done and then we can get some assets back as well. So that's something that the Bulls are definitely, you know, probably looking in in their in their deck of cards as they, you know, figure out how to play this upcoming offseason and the remainder of the season. So I'm not gonna say that it's a foregone conclusion that DeMar DeRozan has moved. It may just happen in the offseason. And that may be where the Bulls sit at in m- most of these this trade speculation around the team. A lot's been made about what the Bulls will do at this trade deadline. And there's a big possibility that the trade deadline ends up just being a, yet again, we're not doing nothing. We're going to wait to free agency, maybe a buyout candidate, maybe something like that. Like I said before, the the fact that they're interested in, in moving the Lonzo Ball contract maybe maybe comes goes against that a little bit. But a lot of things are at the Bulls' disposal. And if Acme really wants to get active this this at this trade season, they have the assets to do it. The biggest question is what are the interests in those assets and how willing are the Chicago Bulls to move off – some of the pieces that, so far, it seems like they have been kind of reluctant to move off of. Now, moving on from that, though, uh, the, either way, whatever the Bulls do, it is time to prioritize the young players on this team, at least in my opinion, right? And so I, I understand that the Bulls are going to make moves. It may not be at this trade deadline, you know, we'll hold out hope and wait for that. But in whatever they do, when you see the way that Kobe White, I'd assume will have definitely stepped up. Patrick Williams, still not as consistent, but has definitely had better play at times. And we'll see how he does over this now, possibly two weeks without having Zach Levine. If he goes back to being that P-Will that we saw before, right, where he was being a little bit more aggressive, averaging over 14 points, five rebounds, basically like three assists as well. Can he get back to being that player? But overall, I think it's time to prioritize the young core. Now, that doesn't mean not have veterans on this team. That doesn't mean still not try to win games because this front office has already showed us. They are going to still try to win games. That's not going to stop. This team is not going to go from a team that's, you know, that's trying to win, trying to get to the playoffs if they can, to go to a team that's just tanking and just outright trying to be bad, right? That's not where they're going to go. But in the moves that you make and how you build this roster going forward to help kind of fix those those weaknesses of these young players and put them in a, in a position where they're prioritized in the flow of the game, Iowa's shown an ability to do that. Look how he stepped up both when Kobe White went down for a little bit of a game when he had to get those stitches in his lip, and then when Zach Levine initially went down as well, those are times where Io DeSumo looked the best. And I was really starting to show that ability to get to the rim, get out in transition. And still, maybe that ceiling for him is still being a high-level bench player, but it's still time to start prioritizing those moves. And so I, I think that either way, we're going to see a youth movement in a way. It's not going to be that youth movement you see from other teams that they just are trying to be bad, And then trying to get more youth in here. The Bulls still make no mistake about it. The Bulls still are waiting on that one player to clearly build the team around to take them to that next level, to take them to be in a team that can go on playoff runs. They're still waiting for that. But between the time that we get that player and from now, from now until we finally get that player, one of those players develops on this roster, prioritizing the young guys has to be the focus for this team because we try to live in the two different timelines. And you're still kind of doing that in a way, right? I think. Some people have this black-and-white mindset that you're either going young and not trying to win, or you're trying to win, and that means your young players have to take a step back. It doesn't mean that, but you have to have the right young players that have shown an ability to still try to win some basketball games, and we're showing a little bit of that. Again, it hasn't been as consistent. It's not as clear of a vision, but that's probably the best route for this Chicago Bulls team to go while they're still waiting on that one player to truly break out and get this team to that next level that they clearly want to get to and being that team that has that that superstar level player. And as I talked about with Quentin over on the members only video, that's kind of the right way to do it, right? Is that you build the foundation. And then when you either have, and that means by time you have that young player or that, that star player either come to this team, develop on this team. You already have a foundation of solid role players and higher level role players around. that, And so That's what this Bulls team now has an interesting ability to try to go out and do. Will they execute it perfectly? I have my doubts. And especially when it comes down to you have to draft extremely well to get there. And this team hasn't necessarily, to this point, drafted the best. And you have people, shout out to my boy, Wenton who's like, well, we don't know how the Bulls have drafted because Billy Donovan, Billy Donovan, Billy Donovan. And here's what I'll say in this. Billy Donovan, yes, has his big limitations as a head coach. What I'd rather us have, a better head coach than Billy Donovan guiding the future of this team, you are goddamn right. You're damn right. But he has shown a recent ability to kind of trust the young guys as long as they are playing well and playing aggressive. Now, with somebody like a Patrick Williams, for example, you talk a lot about playing aggressive for Patrick Williams, right? And we and and you know, what what does that really mean? What does playing with aggression mean? I I, I think that I personally overuse that word of aggressive. Patrick Williams has to be aggressive, aggressive, aggressive. My thing is more intent, right? be intentful, intentional I should say, about how you go out there on the court. What you're doing, take advantage of those opportunities. Don't hesitate on shooting. Take uh, attacking closeouts, uh taking players off the dribble that you know you can take and realize your damn strength. Once Patrick Williams starts doing that, I think we'll see a much better Patrick Williams, but this segment isn't just about P Will. It's really about this team looking at the young player experience, the thrill of March Madness. If you're still out on the hunt for a sports book to call home, but the fun doesn't stop there. Get up to the minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about my bookie: You can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use the promo code BULLCENTRAL to secure your limited-time welcome bonus today that they have, those same young players that coming into the season, I said one of the biggest negatives and downsides to this team of where we are right now as a franchise is not having those players that have clearly shown that they are going to be big pieces of, of the Chicago Bulls' future. That has changed. Kobe White has shown that. I would assume at least as a bench player has shown that. Patrick Williams in flashes has shown that. We still have yet to see much of Dalen Terry, right? We've seen a little bit of it. He's starting to show that, hey, he can, he can stay out on the basketball court Still got Julian Phillips, Adama Sanogo, team right? Who isn't as young, but again, a new acquisition for the Bulls. This place that the Bulls go into next, and in in whatever moves happen, whether it's trade deadline, whether it's the off season, you want to support those young players. And you know some of the the trades you guys have been coming up with really do highlight that you guys kind of want to see that too. And that's kind of the best route where the Bulls are right now. Is it perfect? Is it as clear? If we had a young player that was clearly a superstar like a Tyrese Halliburton. No, it's not as clear as that. But you don't just walk into getting a superstar level player either. And until then, you have to pick a path and you have to pick a way to build your roster. I asked a couple of episodes ago, is, the, is Kobe White the player the Bulls should build around going forward? And a lot of you guys answered yes. Some of you guys answered no and said that, hey, you, you could be, and this a uh, question that I presented on that episode, you could be putting yourself back in the same position you are with Zach Levine to that so maybe Kobe isn't the player to build around the complete future but he is a player that as of right now you have to start being part of that right of what you're building here and so until the Bulls find that star level player however they come to this team via free agency trade or drafting the Bulls have to continue to kind of flesh this thing out and put their young players in a spot where their development is one of the key things here does that mean maybe losing more games than what you would have lost if you hold on to some of these players yeah, are Bulls fans going to be upset about that? Hell yeah, we're tired of losing. But sometimes you have to take a step back to take a true step forward. And this front office kind of seemingly reluctance to take that step back at times, and that's not to say that they have to. Maybe they do make a trade for DeMar. They make a trade for Zach Levine that gets really those win-now depth pieces that we've seen. And while you're prioritizing Kobe and Patrick Williams and I.O., you now have a supporting staff that is still going to get you win your games that's solid enough that you have enough depth to really compete with some of these other teams. And then there, at that point, you're competing going forward. So that's something to look at for this Bulls team. We'll see where it goes, man. But where we're going, at least right now, is to Phoenix today to face off against the Phoenix Suns. And we have to ask ourselves, what do the Bulls need to do to be in a position to win this game against the Phoenix Suns? And it comes down to three things. Defense, defense, defense. That's that's all one thing. I'm not saying that's the three things. Defense, defense, defense. You have to be locked in, engaged, and communicative on the defensive side of the ball. This is not a team that you can have your lackadaisical defensive quarters where you're just getting completely exposed and blown up. You can't do that. This team has to be locked in. In that bench unit, I'm looking big time at that bench unit in Io and Drummond. Devon Carter as well, who's been playing better here recently, not always shooting the ball better. And we're going to be playing some Dalen Terry as well in that. How does this Chicago Bulls bench really help support and set some tones defensively? Because one thing with the Phoenix Suns, when you look at it, their depth isn't always the biggest barrier for them and the biggest thing holding them back. But they aren't a team that has, that is extremely, extremely deep once you get past that top level talent they have at the top. So this is a game where the, where the Bulls bench can absolutely make their mark, especially defensively getting out in transition. This is a big game for the Bulls to be able to do that. If that Bulls bench can bring that and the Bulls starters stay locked in defensively as well, that's where things, the Bulls can start making some noise. And then Drummond and Vooch, you have to be prepared to rebound the hell out of the ball today. Rebounds is is another big point for the Chicago Bulls team. If they want to beat a team in the Phoenix Suns, that ain't no joke. Rebound and then shoot the ball effectively on the offense. Don't allow your offense to get stagnant. Be intentional in your offense. Billy Donovan, be intentional in your coaching of that offense. Move the ball around. If you start getting heavy isolation, I tell you what, you're not going to win an isolation battle with a team with Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, and Bradley Bill on it. You're not going to win that if that is the main focus of your offense. If we allow ourselves to become a heavy isolation team, because the Phoenix Suns are going to go on a run. And, when the, Bull, and when, the way that the Bulls deal with that run whenever they do go on it, whether it's at the beginning of the game, the end of the game, the middle of the game, or hell, maybe they get on two different runs or, or several different runs, the way that the Bulls react and deal with those runs, good teams, when other teams do go on runs against them, they still go through their offense. They don't panic. They don't break the flow of the game. They don't break the scheme. We cannot allow ourselves to default back to heavy isolation just because we face some adversity in this game because the adversity is going to come. This is the first game of the week. This could be a tone setter as the only two opponents that we have the rest of the week are L.A., the Lakers, and, and the Portland Trailblazers. The Bulls can build confidence, build another three-game winning streak if they can do that. The Bulls have to be locked in on this one. And Kobe, DeMar, Booch, everybody, Everybody in that starting lineup as well is going to have to be locked in. We are going to need Kobe White's. Either your, your three ball is going to have to fall at a high rate to extend out that defense, or if that three ball isn't falling, how then do you break down an offense? Can you still get to the rim like you did against some of these other teams? The Bulls have to be locked in on this game. They just do. The Phoenix Suns aren't, ain't, ain't no joke, man. And, you know, I say that to, dude, yeah, it is what it is, but you, you, they, they aren't any joke. They are 24-18, and but they're better than their record shows and indicates, and this is not a team that you want to take lightly, but you can take uh, take care of their business on the defensive side of the ball. The Phoenix Suns aren't great defensively. They haven't even necessarily been a great offense in this league, but we know they've dealt with injuries, things like that. But if you can lock in defensively and you can take advantage of them, which they are the 15th-ranked defense in the league, again, you can take advantage of that. The Bulls are the ninth ranked defense in the league right now. we got to take care of business. And hopefully we can. I know that we have the ability to do it. The biggest question is will we do it and then how do we handle facing that adversity once the Phoenix Suns give us some? Because it's going to happen and and seeing how head B- Coach Billy Donovan and his team adjust to that, that's going to be the thing that tells the story of this game, at least in my opinion. But you guys can let me know what you think down below. Alright, we got one voicemail in the mailbag. This one's from Q. Let's go ahead and play that now.
2: Uh, hey, Hayes. I don't know. Uh, my phone disconnected. I was trying to send the voicemail before. Um, but I, uh, like I was saying before, I like the, um, I like the idea of training Levine to the Pacers. I think it could be a win-win for both teams. I definitely think that if we asked for Buddy Hill and Nemhard, I think that that would be good. Um, I think that if, if you had a guy like Buddy Hill, that could be at the shooting guard position alongside Kobe, uh, another decent, uh, or average, Uh, shooter in terms of his percentage. Um, To pair alongside him um, at the backcourt, I think that that can, if if Billy figures something out, I think that could be very deadly, those two uh, on the three-point line. And I think Nembhard on the bench um, can also provide uh, some decent shooting streaks for the team as well. Um, And uh, um, yeah, I, I think that those two guys could definitely be uh, good for the team because I think one of the the key things for the team, honestly, or one of uh, the weaknesses of our team is our uh, shooting from the three point line. I think that that is something that really needs to be uh, worked on and figured out. So uh, if we can get in the trade for Levine, uh, some shooters uh, or people that could shoot the ball decently, I think that could uh, drastically help the team. Um, keep up the good work, and um, yeah, you know, that, that's uh, what I had to
1: say. Um, go Bulls. Trading Levine to the Pacers has been something that's come up from a lot more people here recently, and I understand it to a degree, right? And especially when you look at getting the shooting in Buddy Hill and, 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 and Nimbrand is a young piece that you could then look to develop as well. I think he's, what, 24 years old, something like that. But I think the key thing in this isn't just the Buddy Hill piece. Like, yes, his shooting, his ability to move without the ball, him coming off off pin downs and coming off screens and just being one of those players that always are moving definitely can extend this offense a lot and could potentially help it in that type of deal. But the thing that I look at even more so than that is the fact that Buddy Hill's contract is expiring. And potentially, if you do make that move, you then are are, are, are not alleviating yourself from all the future of the Zach Levine contract. And that's where AK and Eversley could potentially you, you look to get creative if they choose to do so. The Bulls right now can be million below the luxury tax. Again, that's not all true cap space, but that gives the Bulls of basically what their room is to maneuver this offseason, right? Via exceptions, things like that. If you take, remove away Zach Levine's contract and a lot of that then, because uh, Buddy Hill's contract is $18 million, you're getting some of that coming off the books in the following offseason. That allows you more flexibility to get creative in the offseason. Now, we haven't necessarily seen this front office do that consistently, which brings about its own questions. But that added flexibility could be another factor in why that could be good. And that's not to say that you still don't re-sign Buddy Hill. Because, listen, Buddy Hill ain't getting get another $18 million contract. At least I would not think contracts are rising. Maybe I'm foolish to say that. But then maybe you do bring back Buddy Hill on a more friendly contract as well. And you still maintain that shooting and get flexibility to do things elsewhere. understand where you're coming from this. I mean, ultimately, I hope the Bulls can get more back than that. From the framework of just talking about the deal that you presented, pretty solid deal. Well thought out there, Q. Thank you for calling and leaving that in, brother. But that's the time for today, guys. Make sure you guys are following the show at Bulls Central Pod. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, Bullcentralpod at gmail.com. And then lastly, if you want to leave a text message and our voicemail for the mailbag, the number to do so, 773-270-2799. We are the number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related thanks to you guys. And like I like to in every episode on, go bulls. Love you guys. See red right if you can, y'all. Peace.
0: This has been a presentation of the Break Break Media.